What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome back to the Pound for Pound podcast here on the Fight Game Media Network. This is your host, the original great Rob Silver, and today we have a special episode. Today, the show is entirely on the life and times of Andre Ward. Most of you listening know that last Friday, matter of fact, I'm recording this on Friday after watching the debut of Andre Ward's documentary on his life, SOG. What is it called? SOG, the Andre Ward story. Anyway, it's streaming on Showtime, and I will give a full review of the documentary in the final segment of this podcast. We will have a three-part segment on this pot three segments on this podcast the first segment a three-part segment the first segment i will answer a couple of questions that was uh, sent to me on twitter ask hashtag ask rob silver about andre ward then i will part of that same first segment i will read my historical overview that i published six seven months ago on the fight game media dot com website on Andre Ward segment two I will give you the link to the fight on YouTube I'll give you the timestamp then I will ask you guys to mute your device or your TV as I recreate the play-by-play as we do a watch-along 
of the final fight of his career, his June 2017 fight versus Sergey Kovalev. And in the third segment, I will give a complete rundown of my review of his documentary. I will give you, I will, I will just tell you exactly how I felt, some of the highlights of that documentary, and whether or not it holds to the standards that Showtime has shown the last decade. The last decade, ladies and gentlemen, Showtime has been the leader in sports and music documentaries. I will let you know, in my opinion, whether or not this Andre Ward documentary continues that incredible run that Showtime has had with documentaries on Hector Camacho, The Four Kings, Hagler, Leonard Duran, and Hearns, Teddy Pendergrass, Whitney Houston, Rick James. I will talk all about it. I will let you know, in my opinion, whether or not the Andre Ward documentary is on the same level as those five Mike Incredible documentaries. But before I begin the Andre Ward celebration, and I'm going to do this real quickly, for $5 a month, the link is in the description of this podcast, the, my Patreon-exclusive podcast on the life and times of Muhammad Ali. There are four parts up there. I cover the 10 most significant fights in his career, and as you'll see later on with the Andre Ward uh, rebroadcast of his fight versus Super his second fight versus Sergey Kovalev, I do a watch along and recreation of a play by play on each one of those podcasts, Patreon exclusive podcasts, where I recreate the fight that the podcast, the this, the specific episode is focused on. I've done four episodes covering the, his fights versus Sonny Liston, the second fight, Floyd Patterson. Cleveland Williams and Ernie Terrell. And I do the play-by-play as I ask you guys to mute the YouTube link. And the, the, I give you the timestamp. And we take it from there. And you'll see an example of that later on. Not only do I do that, but I also give you the historical background of each fight. What was going on in Ali's life. What was going on in the United States at the time. As told to me through several conversations I had with my father over the years before my father passed away 23 years ago at the very young age of 52. Now, on to a couple of questions from Twitter. If you have any questions, boxing-related, uh, music-related, sports-related, hell, about if you want uh, my advice on, on women, <laughs> you can... Um, you can... Um, uh, Hit me up on Twitter, hashtag AskRobSilva. And the first of two questions, I got two questions today. The first question is from my buddy Moosey on Twitter. His question is, as, is, as impressive as Andre's career was, do you think the greatest thing he ever did besides all the accolades was standing up to the WBC? Andre Ward did much greater things than standing up to the WBC. He told the WBC to take their 168-pound title and shove it up their ass. He didn't need it because he was the man at 168. He won the Super 6 tournament in which right then and there showed that he was the best 168-pound fighter in the world. He didn't have to fight it. The only 168-pound fighter he didn't get to fight was Lucian Butte. He wiped the rest of the 
the the division out. He cleaned out the division, and then Butte lost to the man that Ward beat to win the tournament in Carl Froch. So Andre Ward didn't need the WBC. Let me, ladies and gentlemen, if you are the man in your division, let's say the winner of the Errol Spence Terrence Crawford fight that's happening late next month. I'm recording this on the afternoon of June 2nd. They've signed the fight July 29th. So in less than two months, Crawford and Spence will be fighting for the undisputed welterweight championship of the world. Let's say the winner of that fight tells all four sanctioning bodies, all four criminal cartel organizations, I don't need your belt. I'm not paying your sanctioning fees. I'm the champion. We, as the fight fan, are not going to take seriously the other guys that win those vacant titles. We know who the real champion is. Just like back then, we knew who the real champion was in Andre Ward. In my opinion, Andre Ward's greatest achievement as a fighter. You want to mention the WBC? um, Let's make that third. To me, his second greatest achievement was getting out of a bullshit promotional contract with Goose and Tudor. He took him a court and he didn't fight for two years because he wanted to get out of that contract that was limiting him financially. Dan Goosen died doing the, the, that long two-year struggle and legal battle. And then as soon as Goosen died, his estate settled out of the court with Andre Ward. Andre Ward signed a deal with Jay-Z and Rock Nation. And I will talk more about that when I reviewed a documentary because the documentary brought that up as well. Andre's greatest achievement, Moose, in my opinion, was retiring at 33 with all his faculties and deciding that being a father was more important than continue to fight when he already accomplished more than the vast majority of fighters that ever lived despite only having 32 professional fights. Once again, Moosey, thanks for that great question. Now, LL School K has a question about Andre Ward. And and his question is, let me get it up right here. I know B-Hop was past his prime, but he was still very active at the time. So my question is, how come come him and Andre never fought? Would have liked to to see it. The reason Andre Ward and Bernard Hopkins didn't fight is because by the time Andre Ward had moved up to 168, 175, Bernard was in his 40s. Bernard had lost his step, and Bernard was beating guys with guile. He was beating guys like Kelly Pavlik, Antonio Tava, Jean Pascal, with the great ring IQ that he had. His athletic ability had lost several steps. Now, after he beat Pascal the second time, Andre Ward was doing the color commentary, and he was looking at Bernard like, yeah, let's get it on. And Bernard screamed at Andre and said, I will never fight you. I will never fight you. You're like my nephew. Because Bernard knew. Andre Ward would mop the floor with Bernard Hopkins in, at that point in time. It would have been a severe mismatch. Andre would have knocked Bernard out, period, end of story. Because as great as Bernard Hopkins' ring IQ was, Andre Ward was on the same level, and at that point in time, he was a much better fighter and athletically in his prime against Bernard, who was past his prime. So that answers your question, L.O. Once again, thank you, Moose. 
And thank you, LL. Now we get on to my historical overview of Andre Ward. Let me get the article up. It's on fightgamemedia.com. This was part of the top uh, 45 fighters of the last 45 years uh, series I did. And I had Andre Ward number 18. I've got him ranked number 18 the 18th greatest fighter of the last 45 years, in my opinion. And this is what I said in the article that I wrote. Since its, since its inception, boxing has always been a haven for the downtrodden. Andre Ward is one of the greatest examples of a young man who overcame severe hardship as an adolescent to not only become one of the five greatest fighters of his generation, but also one of the class acts of the sports world in the 21st century. Without a doubt, the adversity in his youth helped to also propel him in becoming the 18th greatest fighter of the last 45 years. Ward's childhood growing up in Oakland saw both of his parents become addicted to drugs. Ward's trainer, Virgil Hunter, became Ward's guardian and helped guide Andre to not only become an outstanding fighter inside the ring, but an outstanding person outside the ring as well. With Hunter's guidance, Ward won the light heavyweight Olympic gold medal at the 2004 Athens Olympics. He is still the last American male boxer to win an Olympic gold medal. In a surprising move, Ward, upon turning pro, began his career as a middleweight instead of a light heavyweight. Eventually, Ward moved up to 168 and after winning his first 20 fights, entered Showtime Network's World Boxing Super Series Super Middleweight Tournament. It, um, it is amazing that of the six fighters who entered the tournament in 2009, the odds of Ward winning was the worst. At the time, I was shocked because, in my opinion, Ward was the most skillful of the six. I didn't see any way that anyone would come close to competing with Ward if he was on his A game. Ward's boxing style wasn't flashy or sophisticated. He was a tremendous boxer whose boxing IQ was on the level of a prime Muhammad Ali in a prime Floyd Mayweather. Ward, like Floyd, defensively would take away your best weapon and make it obsolete. Combine that with accurate counterpunching and a keen ability to switch from orthodox to softball made him an almost impossible puzzle to solve. His first opponent in the tournament, Mikhail Kessler, found this out in spades. On November 21st, 2009, in Ward's hometown of Oakland, California, Ward made the longtime champion Kessler look like a preliminary fighter. Ward made Kessler miss while controlling the fight with both his jab and blistering combinations. An accidental headbutt caused the fight to be stopped in the 11th round, which resulted in Ward winning a lopsided technical decision and in turn claiming his first world championship, the WBA 168-pound version. Ward put on a similar performance seven months later, again in Oakland, against Alan Green, winning in a virtual 12-round shutout. Eleven months later, on May 14, 2011, Ward once again put on a virtuoso performance against the Armenian slugger Arthur Abraham. Abraham's slow, methodical slugging style was completely picked apart by the ring general Ward. Another lopsided unanimous decision, victory propelled Ward. Hold on, propelled Ward. propelled Ward to the tournament final on December 17, 2011 against British great Carl Froch. 
As I wrote earlier in an article on Frotch, Frotch was caught off guard by Ward and Hunter's game plan to fight inside. Ward and Hunter decided on an aggressive infighting style in order to nullify Frotch's long arms and counter-punching ability. Frotch was unable to adjust as he too was convincingly defeated over 12 rounds. The victory resulted in Ward gaining not only the tournament championship, but the lineal title and Frotch's WBC title as well. He was also voted the 2011 Fighter of the Year. Ward's next fight is, in my opinion, the single greatest performance of his career. On September 8, 2012, Ward defended his super middleweight title against the reigning light heavyweight champion, Chad Dawson. This was the first time I thought Ward, a Ward opponent had a legitimate shot at beating him. After an eventful first two rounds, Ward dropped Dawson with a beautiful counter left hook in the third round. This was the beginning of a brutal beating that Ward would inflict on Dawson. Dawson missed all night as Ward looked like a prime Sugar Ray Leonard, landing combination after combination. Finally, after another thunderous combination dropped Dawson in the 10th round again, referee Steve Smoker put a halt to the fight. Dawson was never the same after the Ward beating as he was knocked out in the first round in his next fight while losing his 175-pound title to Adonis Stevenson. At the age of 31, Dawson was completely washed up. Ward successfully defended his title one more time against Edwin Rodriguez before engaging in a nasty legal battle in an attempt to get out of his promotional contract with Dan Goosen. It wasn't until month, 19 months later that Ward was finally able to fight again as Rock Nation Sports was able to get him out of his contract after Goosen passed away and Rock Nation became his, his promoter. It was also the end of his reign at 168 as Ward moved up to 175 pounds. The Oakland native fought three straight times in 2015 and 2016 in his hometown of Oakland before signing the fight to WBO, IBF, and WBA light heavyweight champion Sergey Kovalev. The Russian 175-pound champion had dominated the division for three years, and other than WBC champion Stevenson had cleaned out the division. I was very concerned about whether or not Ward had the chin to stand up to the power-hitting Kovalev. On the night of November 19, 2016, I, f I found out rather quickly t the answer to that question. Ward attempted to try and outbox Kovalev early on, but was unable to get past the Russian's jackhammer of a left jab. Early in round two, Kovalev followed one of those jabs with a thunderous right cross that both dropped and staggered Ward. Kovalev continued to thoroughly outbox Ward going into the seventh round. It was at this point that Hunter and his prodigal son decided to shift gears. Ward began to bully Kovalev on the inside and take it to Kovalev's body as he completely dominated the second half of the fight. Ward won via controversial unanimous 12-round decision to become a two-time unified world champion. Ward also agreed to an immediate rematch with Kovalev as a way to put to rest the doubt that many boxing fans and media members had him earning the decision. On June 17, 2017, both men stepped inside the Las Vegas Mandalay Bay ring in their highly anticipated rematch. As with the first fight, Kovalev controlled the first six rounds with his jab. Ward continued to stalk and work Kovalev's body like he did in the second half of the first fight. Then the unthinkable happened in the eighth round. Midway through the round, Ward landed a spectacular right cross that hurt the usually granite chin Kovalev. Ward jumped on Kovalev and landed several un uncontested body shots that resulted in referee Tony Weeks stopping the fight.
Ward stoppage of Kovalev all but erased the controversy of their first fight. Three months later, Ward shocked the world by announcing his, his retirement at the age of 33. Ward, despite numerous big money offers to re, b- big money offers to return to the ring, has never once seriously considered making a comeback. He's content with being a great husband and father. Ward ended his career undefeated with a stellar record of 32-0 with 16 knockouts. He demonstrated one of the greatest ring IQs in the history of the sport. He defeated the top fighters at both 168 and 175 pounds. Most importantly, he survived being raised by two parents addicted to drugs when his trainer and surrogate father, Virgil Hunter, intervened to raise him. That childhood adversity has destroyed too many young people with unlimited potential. That adversity not only helped Ward become one of the greatest fighters who ever lived, it also helped him become an even greater fighter and husband. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, on to my watch-along and rebroadcast of the aforementioned Andre Ward, Andre Ward versus Sergey Kovalev 2 from June 17th, 2017. All right, ladies and gentlemen, go to your device, your smartphone, your smart TV devices. Go to YouTube. Type in Ward versus Kovalev 2 or Kovalev versus Ward 2. Hold on, I got the wrong I got the wrong fight up on here. Oh man. This is ridiculous. I want the sec I want the first fight. I want the second fight. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Alright. Let me hit this. And let me get the correct timestamp for us. I'm sorry, I gotten the wrong So real quick, and here it is. This is Alright. Once again, go to YouTube, type in HBO Boxing Ward versus Kovalev 2. This is from June 17, 2017. When you get the HBO Boxing link, click on it, mute it, go to the 304 mark. Three minutes and four seconds is the timestamp. This is when Tony Weeks tells them to go to their corners and get ready for the, for the opening bell. All right, I'm going to give you a few seconds to do that. I'm going to to count down from five to one. Go to YouTube. Pause the show right now if you have to move around. And then once you've gotten to YouTube and gotten Ward versus Kovalev 2, click back on to the podcast. Now, I'm going to count down. Three minutes and four seconds is the timestamp of the fight. Ward versus Kovalev 2, HBO Boxing Channel. 
on YouTube. Five, four, three, two, one. Well, go back to 304 because I forgot to uh, fix my remote. Let me do this again. <laughs> By the way, this is what I do on the Ali Patreon um, historical overview. I this is an example of what I do. One of the highlights of the podcast. Okay, five, four, three, two, one. Here we go. Okay, Tony Weeks has told them to go back to their corners. Okay, the cornermen. Everybody about to leave the ring. Here we are, June seventeenth, two thousand seventeen. The highly anticipated rematch between the. World champion at light heavyweight Andre Ward against the man he took the title from, Sergey Kovalev, who lost a disputed decision back in November of 2016. A fight that could have gone either way. Round one. Here we go. Andre moving. Kovalev trying to walk him down like he did in the first fight. Let's see if we have anything different in this fight than we did in the first fight. Uh, Kovalev lands a stiff right to the body. Andre jab into the body. Nothing really has happened yet. That's where half 30 seconds into the first round. Kovalev missed a short right cross right there. 12 rounds for the light heavyweight championship of the world. Nice right to the body by Kovalev right there. When they clinch, they clinch, they clinch. Nothing happening here. So far, nothing has really occurred. Feel like round here in the first round between Ward and Kovalev. Kovalev lands a right to the body. Nice jab to the body by Ward. The first punch he's landed, and they tie up. Kovalev has him in a headlock. At this point in time, Kovalev had one of the best jabs in the sport, which he exhibited throughout the first half of the first fight. That jab kept Ward at bay the first six rounds of the first fight before Ward adjusted. Kovalev missed the jab, and they're inside, clinching. Uneventful first round so far, as you hear uh, thunderstorms in the background as... We having a brief thunderstorm here in New York City as it was a 90-degree hot day today, and the rain is pouring. Once again, they're clinching. I mean, nothing yet. Nothing significant yet as weeks separates the two. Nice left hook. Ward feigning with the jab and then landed a nice left hook inside. Best punch of the round so far. Double jab to the body by Ward. Kovalev missed with a jab. That was the first nice jab of Kovalev. Oh, another nice jab by Kovalev. And then once they're inside, both men punching inside. Kovalev and landed two nice stiff jabs before they clinched there. Right cross by Ward, and then Kovalev puts him in the headlock. Very tough first round to score as other than the two jabs. Oh, another double jab by Kovalev. Nicely done. And Ward did land a nice left hook. But right now, Kovalev looks to have begun to establish his jab here in the first round. 
Kovalev landed a jab and missed with a, with a short right cross. Kovalev has a tremendous right hand. End of the first round, I give Kovalev a slight edge in that first round, 10-9. So after the first round, I got Kovalev up 10-9. Round could have gone either way, but I give Kovalev the slight edge because towards the end of the round, he began to establish the jab. Ward did have a nice left hook early in the round, but not enough, I I thought, to uh, carry the round. So round one goes to Kovalev, both men being given instructions by the cornerman, of course, Andre Ward, the only trainer he ever had other than his father early on in his career, the legendary Virgil Hunter, his forced, his uh, godfather and surrogate father who raised Andre from the age of 12 to, to when Andre went and um, married his childhood sweetheart tiffany warden right on right as i mentioned her name they show her and andre's kids at ringside round two begins ward moving and kovalev trying to walk him down as we begin round two andre misses with a short left hook kovalev one thing I loved about Sergey Kovalev is he did everything off the jab in his prime. He wasn't a slugger like a lot of fighters claim. Remember, he thoroughly outboxed and gave Bernard Hopkins a beating, even though Bernard was 65 at the time. Well, a, a lot of a lot of wrestling in in, in this uh, first two rounds so far. Kovalev with a nice jab there as. Ward is missing with his right crosses so far. Ward has yet to land that right, even though he's he's thrown a few. I think he's trying to time that jab of Kovalev, which is smart. Kovalev throws a lot of jabs, and Ward is trying to time that jab with a right over the top. Kovalev continues to walk him down, continues to throw the jab, even when it's not even when he's not landing, he's throwing it. Once again, Tony Week separates the two fighters. A lot of posturing now. Double jab by Kovalev that it didn't miss, but he's keep, he's staying busy. Andre fainting with his left hand more than he's throwing the jab. But as I said earlier in the podcast, Andre Ward has one of the greatest ring IQs in the history of the sport. Andre up against the ropes, and uh, once again, they clinch. Kovalev is, 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 the, is the more aggressive. Oh, nice! Is the more aggressive, and he landed a couple of nice jabs in the right cross, and he is carrying this fight so far. Double jab by Kovalev. Andre has yet to get off offensively here in the second fight. Now, a low blow, was that a low blow? That was a low blow landed by Andre. And now, referee Tony Weeks warns him about the low blow. All right? And Kovalev is ready to come back in. Here we go. 40 seconds left in round one. There goes the jab again by Kovalev. Kovalev throwing three, four jabs in a row, which is smart, which is smart. Ooh, good combination of Ward by Ward to the body. 
the most significant punches he's landed so far in the fight, other than that left hook in the first round. They're inside. And Kovalev continues to throw the jab. Nice jab there by Ward. Best jab he's landed in the entire fight. Round two coming to a close soon. I see Andre beginning to go to the body. The end of the second round, I gave Kovalev that second round, but kudos to Andre Ward. He began to up the ante. Unreal that uh, Andre Ward didn't start uh, attacking Kovalev until late in the second round. Still, I give Kovalev the second round, 10-9, 2018. Kovalev after two rounds. Uh, former middleweight champion of the world, John David Jackson, is Kovalev's trainer, and he's giving Kovalev instructions. John David Jackson was knocked out by Bernard Hopkins and years later became Bernard Hopkins' trainer. <laughs> nice right cross. Hey, Kovalev right there. That's when he landed a nice right with the double jab. So, so far, Kovalev has won the first two rounds on my scorecard because he's been busier and the jab has been much more effective. But Andre might have found something there late in the second round by going to the body. Nice jab there by Andre before they tie up. They're inside. Weeks has to separate them. Round three, scheduled 12 round for the lightweight champion of the world. Andre's jab beginning to land now. He landed a nice jab right there that stopped um, Kovalev's momentum for a second. Nice jab again by, by, by Andre, and then he ties up Kovalev. Kovalev proved in the first in the first fight that that right hand is lethal when he dropped Andre in the second round, but give Andre credit. He adjusted his style and carried the fight in the second half of the fight. is probably the reason why he won the fight, and he won the final 12th. And he won the final round on all three scorecards to win by one point on all three scorecards, 114-113. Nice three-punch combination there by Kovalev. Right cross, left jab, right cross. A lot of posturing now. Double jab by Ward. I mean, double jab by Kovalev, and, and then Ward missed with his jab. Jab to the body by Kovalev. Right over the top, that missed by Kovalev. Give Andre credit. So far, he's taken away Kovalev's right hand in this fight. The first fight, Kovalev landed that right hand several times in the first three rounds. Not, not, not so much this fight. Kovalev missed with a left jab right there. They tie up again inside. And... I'm surprised Andre hasn't gone to the body more often. When he did in the second round, he was on the money. Ooh, good right cross by uh, Kovalev. Jab by Kovalev. Kovalev carrying the action. Now they've done oh, no, Andre with, with, with the rabbit punch inside. No, no need for that. I hate rabbit punching. I abhor it. Inside again, ineffective combination by Kovalev when they went before they clinched. But once again, Kovalev is the aggressor in this round. And even in close rounds, the judges, like myself, are going to favor a guy who's more aggressive 
if significant punches aren't landing, Kovalev landed there a combination, one hook to the body. Andre landed a jab there. Kovalev continues to walk Andre down. Jab to the body by Kovalev. Right cross by Kovalev. Nice right hand by Kovalev, but he has yet to land it on the button like he did in the first fight. In round three, I got to give it to Kovalev again. 10-9. I got a 30-27 Kovalev after three rounds as we see Virgil Hunter giving instructions to Andre Ward. I'm surprised Andre hasn't gone to the body as often as he did in the second half of the first fight. That was the recipe that proved to be successful in him coming all the way back and winning the unanimous one-point decision. And once again, I'm going to reiterate, I didn't consider first fight a robbery because there were a couple of rounds there that could have gone either way. Either man won, wins the fight, I can't argue with it. Kudos to Andre for giving Kovalev immediate rematch. John David Jackson gives Kovalev his final instructions and they get ready for the second round. There goes that, the, the best right hand Kovalev landed this showing on the replay and he followed it up with a left jab and he just missed that right hand. I had mentioned that during the broadcast earlier when I was announcing the round. Here we go, round four. Round four begins. Once again, Kovalev continues to back down. Andre threw a couple of left there that, that missed. And Kovalev double jabbed there that missed. Oh, that was a nice jab right hand combination by Kovalev that landed. I can't believe well, Harold Lindemann has the same scorecard I have. Nice jab there by Kovalev. Kovalev fighting a very good technical disciplined fight so far. I think if Andre went to the body more, he could start tiring down Kovalev. But right now, he's letting Kovalev carry the action. Nice jab right hand by Kovalev. Andre finally goes to the body for the first time in two rounds. Nice stiff jab there by, by Andre. Kovalev walking Andre down. Misses with the right. They clinch again. A lot of wrestling in this fight. But kudos to Andre. He's tying up Andre. He's tying up Kovalev so as not to get hit with that powerful right hand inside. Once again, they tie up. Kovalev landed to the back of the head. Referee warns him about the rabbit punch and please. Oh, good right hand by, by, by Andre right there. Now, Andre beginning the time. Oh, beautiful jab by Andre. Andre beginning to time the jab with his right cross, and his jab is beginning to land. And then Andre inside landed a couple of low blows there, and referee Tony Weeks is now telling both fighters about the wrestling. Let's stop this wrestling. Let's stop it. Let's stop it. All right, here we go. Nice left jab, right cross combination by Andre. Once again, they're inside. Kovalev going to the body. 
Andre going to buy lines. A nice left hook by Andre Ward. Best round of the fight for Andre so far. He's beginning to put punches together. Referee tells Andre stop the stop the uh, Tony Weeks tells Andre stop the rough tat roughhouse tactics. Nice jab by Andre. Andre finally putting that jab to use. Good left hook to the body by Andre. Kovalev comes back with a double jab that missed. Nice jab by Andre. Andre stepping up the action here in the second round. Finally, he's gotten his groove. Left hook. Both men landed left hooks right there. Andre missed. I mean, Kovalev missed with a left jab, right cross combination. Nice stiff jab by Andre. Are we seeing a momentum change here? Kovalev landed a nice left jab. Now they're inside. And they're, ooh, Andre with a nice combination while inside. Kovalev with a left jab, right cross combination. The end of the round, Andre finally stepped it up, started landing combinations, and I gave round four. As we see Marshawn Lynch, one of the guys from the Andre Ward documentary that was phenomenal in his commentary. We'll talk more about it later on in the podcast. Marshawn Lynch, an Oakland native and huge admirer of Andre Ward, as they both two of the greatest athletes ever to come out of the city of Oakland, California. Round four, I gave to Andre Ward 10-9. I've got a 39-37 Kovalev after four rounds. John David Jackson giving Kovalev instructions. They're showing a replay. That right there was the nice jab that Andre landed as they're showing a replay on HBO. And he made Ward miss with the counter right cross. Best round of the fight for Andre. We go to round five. And uh, let him agree with me. He gave the fourth round to Andre as well. Round five, scheduled for 12 rounds. Ward misses with a jab and more of a, a cuffing shot there by Andre. Kovalev with a jab. Andre came back with his jab. They're inside. And once again, the roughhousing begins. Center the ring, nice jab by Andre. Kovalev countered with his jab. Kovalev's jab's not as, fe- as effective as it was, even though he landed a nice right hand inside right there. Both men are now uh, trying to hit each other inside on the back of the head, which Tony Weeks has got to stop this from uh, continuing. Kovalev with a double jab that missed, but I got to give Kovalev credit. He continues to throw the jab, even when it's not landing. A cuffing right by Andre. Andre's not. Andre is is trying to time that left. That looks like to be the the focus of his game plan to time that left jab with a right cross over the top. More wrestling involved. More right. Kovalev put Andre in the headlock. This has to stop. Right to the body by Kovalev. Kovalev with a left hook to the body. He's gone back to being the more aggressor in this, the, the more aggressive fighter here in round five. He missed with a three punch combination, but he's throwing punches. Andre's not throwing punches right now. Nice jab, then a right uppercut to the body. And right cross by Andre. I mean, by Kovalev. And then Andre came back with a shot. And then a cuffing left. Andre with a nice combination inside. 
I thought the more effective punches inside there were by Kovalev, but Andre did get off a couple of nice shots. Both men landed stiff jabs there. Nice left jab there by Kovalev. Kovalev back to being the more aggressive fighter. Right, left, he double jab right hand. I think the right hand landed while the two jabs were were short. Then Kovalev landed a jab to the stomach. Nice left jab, right cross combination by Kovalev. Kovalev going back to what he was doing in the first three rounds after losing the fourth. Walking down Andre and being more aggressive with the jab. Coming after Andre. Kovalev continues to throw that jab. Nice right to the body by, by Andre right there. Another jab by by Kovalev. Then he missed the two follow-up shots. But he is throwing more than one punch at a time. He's throwing combinations. Even if he misses the majority of them, he's throwing punches. He's the busier fighter. Jab to the stomach. Jab to the head by Kovalev. End of the fifth round. Got to give that round to Kovalev because he's controlling the action with the jab. As they show a picture of that NCAA criminal, John Calipari. Round five, I gave to Kovalev 10-9. I got it 49-46 Kovalev after five rounds. John David Jackson talking to Kovalev in the corner. Kovalev controlling the action. That jab. Like I've always said, if you have a great jab, it could go a long way in winning a fight of this magnitude, a fight in which a lot isn't going on. But Kovalev continues to pump that jab. We're watching um, Virgil Hill now, uh, Virgil Hunter talking to Andre Ward. I make that mistake all the time, Virgil Virgil Hunter, Virgil Hill, former great light heavyweight champion, Hall of Famer. There was a nice, they're showing a replay of a nice right hook to the body, left hook to the body combination, and then a nice stiff jab by Kovalev after Ward landed that combination first to the body, then to the head. We go to round six. I've got it four rounds to one. 49-46 Kovalev after five rounds. Letterman gave Ward that round. No, he gave so far. Letterman and I are on the same page, 49-46. We've given the, the, the same exact score at each round so far. Round six, more more uh, headlocks by Kovalev. Ward missed with a double jab and a right cross, but he landed a nice jab to the body. Kovalev comes back with a jab. Kovalev continues to pump that jab. Ward backing, backing up, backing up against the ropes, and Kovalev's back to walking down. Nice right cross by Kovalev on the top of the head of, of Andre. Left hook by Andre as as uh, Kovalev backs out. Kovalev with a nice stiff jab. The right hand of Kovalev has landed a few times, but has not been effective like it was in a, as effective as it was in the first fight. Andre has made a conscious effort to not get hit with that right hand like he got hit in the first fight. Ward misses with a right hand. Ward trying to time that left jab. Left hook by Ward, and then a counter by Kovalev with a left hook. Kovalev with a combination as Ward tries to throw the jab. Kovalev continuing to be the aggressor in, in this fight. They, they threw three jabs. And Ward misses with the left hook. Kovalev continues to pump that jab. 
You'll see the same type of fight that he did against Canelo Alvarez years later where he kept pumping the jab and was in the fight until he got knocked out in the 11th round because of that educated jab of his. Oh, good left hook by Andre. He faded with the jab and landed with a left hook as Kovalev came inside. Second time in the fight that Waters landed that beautiful left hook. He tried it again and missed there, but he goes to the body, left to the body. Andre might have found something there with that left hook. More more wrestling there inside. More wrestling. Andre hooking to the body while they're inside. Kovalev lands, lands a combination to the body. Kovalev with a nice left hook to the body after throw, after missing with a jab in the right hand. It's a very tough round to score, ladies and gentlemen. One of those swing rounds that can affect the fight if it goes to the, the decision. Both men missed wild left hooks there. Kovalev continues to be the aggressor. He's throwing a lot of, he's missing a lot, but right there he do a nice right to the body right there. Another right, another right, and um, Andre with a nice left hook, right cross combination at the bell. I'm gonna give that round to Kovalev. It's a tough round. It could have gone either way, but I, I'm gonna give the edge to Kovalev because of the constant aggression. So I've got a 59-55 Kovalev after six rounds. But I will not argue with people if they thought Andre won that round because he did land that nice left hook and he landed a nice combination at the end of the round. Virgil Hunter giving instructions to Andre. They're showing a replay of... You see, Andre missed that right hand, and Kovalev landed his best right of the of the fight, but it wasn't picture picture perfect like in the first fight when he dropped him. And then that's the left hook I was telling you earlier that Andre landed, and he seemed to found something with that left hook. We get ready for round seven, scheduled for twelve rounds. Ooh, nice right cross by Andre to begin the round. Like I mentioned earlier, Andre timing that jab, and he landed for the first time a real good right hand. I don't know. He might have hurt Kovalev because Kovalev is holding on. Let's see. And once again, Letterman agrees with my scorecard. He gave that very tough six round to Kovalev. Andre came straight out with that right. Like he knew what to expect, and he landed that right. More more wrestling inside here, round seven. I I think Kovalev was briefly staggered by that right hand, but I think he's got his faculties back together. As he's back to uh stalking Andre. Nice jab right to the body by Andre. Left hook to the body by Kovalev. That was nice. Right cross to the body by uh Andre as they tie up against the ropes. Let's see if Andre continues to up his attack to the body. But Kovalev continues to walk Andre down. Andre with a nice left hook to the body, nice right hook to the body. Kovalev with a left hook to the body. Kovalev up top of the right hand. The action is picked up here in the seventh round. Andre looked like he was trying to do a football tackle there. <laughs> 
nice tactical fight. Right to the body by Andre. Andre threw a three-punch combination after Kovalev landed a right cross to the top of the head. Both men landed a jab there. Both men landed a jab again. Kovalev misses with a three-punch combination. But once again, you see Kovalev is staying, staying busier than Andre. Even, in, even when he's not landing. He threw like six, seven straight. Another low blow by Andre. All right. Referee Week says continues, continue to fight. Oh, good left took by Andre. I think at this point in time, a nice stiff jab by Andre. Andre has felt the power of Kovalev and feels like Kovalev cannot hurt him. Both men in the middle ring. Both men jab to the body. Jab up top by Andre. Kovalev misses with two jabs as Andre goes back to the jab to the body. Kovalev misses with a double jab again. Both men kind of landed their jabs right there. Jab to the body by Kovalev. Kovalev misses with a right across the top. End of the round. Giving that round to Andre because he did, I believe, hurt Kovalev early in the round. 10-9, seventh round Andre. I've got it 68-65 Kovalev after seven rounds. Kovalev breathing, breathing in the, in the, in the corner as David Jackson talks to him. Very similar to the first fight, except one thing. Kovalev is not hurting Ward the way he did in the first fight. This fight, he's carrying the fight like he did in the first fight with the jab, occasional right cross. But Andre has taken away the power from Kovalev's right hand, not getting hit as flush as he did in the very first fight. And also in the, in the seventh round, Andre began to, uh, what wasn't a low blow, it was a shot to the back of the head that Andre landed and Kovalev bent down. Here we go, round eight, and Andre did the same thing he did in the seventh round. He comes over the top with a right hand, they're inside, going, going, blow, blow for blow. And Harold Lindemann has scored the fight the same way I have. Give, give the old man credit. He's fighting. He's scoring a good fight this time, because towards the end of his career, Letterman was slipping. Nice jab by Andre right there. Kovalev turned his back there for a second. Oh, stiff jab by Andre. Andre picking up the pace the last couple of rounds. Like he's like he. Ooh, ooh. It was a nice left hook. Kovalev throwing several punches to the body and the head. Hooks and uppercuts. Good left hook by Andre. Another left hook. Double left hook by Andre there. Oh, they butted heads there. Then Andre shot a left hook to the body. And they're tied. And referee breaks them up. Nice jab to the body, an uppercut by by uh, Kovalev, and now Kovalev complaining of a low blow. Uh, referee Tony Weeks said no, it's not a low blow. It was a good body shot. Oh, good left hook to the body, left hook by Ward, and Kovalev stopped crying. Just 
Go back to fighting. The referee said no harm, no no foul. He's lucky Andre didn't step up and hit him. Protect yourself at all times. Stop crying, Sergey. You're winning the fight. Stop crying. Fight your fight. Oh, over the top. A right cross by Ward. Staggers Kovalev. He timed that left jab perfectly and landed the right cross. Left jab, hook to the body by, by Ward. Kovalev's a major trouble. Uppercut. Oh, left hook to the body by Ward. Kovalev's in trouble. Oh, double hook to the body. Left hook to the head by Andre. Ward has Kovalev in serious trouble. He's landed the combination. Kovalev is... Oh, he's hurt. He's hurt bad. Right cross by Andre. Up against the ropes. Left hook by Andre. Left hook, right cross by Andre. Kovalev's in deep trouble. Wig separates. Andre, left hook, two, three. Three hooks to the body. Wig stops the fight. It's over. It's over. Andre Ward has retained his World Light Heavyweight Championship. It started all with a right cross. And then he landed several hooks to the body and head. Right crosses to the head. And three consecutive shots to the mid to the midriff, to the solar plexus, and then referee Tony Weeks stopped the fight as Kovalev was bent over and all but quit. Andre Ward. And ladies and gentlemen, you could stop the you could stop your uh, devices. Andre Ward wins by eighth round technical knockout. He retains his title, and this would be the last fight of his career. This happened June 17, 2017. Three months later, September of 2017, Andre Ward would retire for good from boxing, never to come back. And now we will come back in a few seconds with my review of Andre Ward's documentary. On Showtime. SOG, Son of God, The Book of Ward, Showtime documentary that debuted the same day I'm recording this podcast, Friday, June 2nd, is a must see not only for boxing fans, not only for casual boxing fans, but for non boxing fans, period, for sports fans, for sports of great, for fans of great human interest stories. Andre Ward shed light on his childhood, on his teenage years. He gave never-before information as he talked throughout the entire documentary. What I love about this documentary is that he gave commentary throughout the entire documentary. Many a time, a documentary on a fighter comes out that's either unauthorized or after the fighter has died. Like... The outstanding Showtime documentary Tapia that came out several years ago was released after Johnny Tapia died. Here, Andre Ward, who is now 39, he was 38 when we filmed, when they filmed this this documentary. Andre Ward gave you an inside perspective into his life, into his childhood. You found out about the addiction, the drug addiction that both his mother, who was a crack addict, and his father, who was a heroin addict, as he was growing up, and he had to deal with. 
Virgil Hunter stepping up with Virgil's wife and raising Andre and Andre's brother Jonathan when Andre's father, Frank, went to Virgil and Virgil's wife and said, look, I, I can't raise these kids. I'm getting high. Can you take care of them while I try and get myself together? And when I see Andre talking about his father and the love he gives glowingly about his father, it reminds me of the relationship I had with my father, who was a drug addict, who fought drug addiction throughout my entire life and before I was born. And he was constantly battling with those demons, just like Frank Ward was constantly battling with his demons. And Frank succumbed to a heart attack, just like my father because of years of drug abuse. Now, my father had throat cancer and then died of a heart attack when he was about to be put in hospice at the age of 52. Frank Ward was 46. My father died in 2000. Frank Ward di died in 2002. So Andre and I faced the same type of adversity. My only, my only advantage over Andre was that I had a mother that would not allow my father's addictions to get in the way. She never became addicted to anything. She had to make sure that she was there, sober and conscious enough in order to raise us against the backdrop of my father who couldn't deal with his demons. Andre didn't have a sober parent. Both his parents were getting high. But Andre had a backup plan. We didn't have a backup plan. If something would have happened to both my parents... We'd have been sent to foster care. Andre, the one advantage Andre had over me was that he had a ready-made family to go to, a loving family in Virgil Hunter and Virgil's wife, who are shown throughout the entire documentary, and they're great. By the way, the commentators on this documentary are phenomenal, except for Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith. I, I was disappointed by the stuff they said. And Stephen A. Smith knows nothing about boxing. I do not I do not know why these filmmakers continue to ask for his input on boxing. He's ignorant when it comes to boxing. And when and I'm going to bring this point up now so I don't have to bring it up later. When Andre Ward announced his retirement in September of 2017 at the age of 33, Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith went on first take and blasted Andre. Talking about, oh, when he's at the height of, of his marketability he goes and retires why because the hunger like Andre stated like Michael Jordan stated was gone Andre wanted to become a full time parent he wanted to become a full time hus husband to Tiffany Ward and for the last six years he's done that as you as you show as they showed footage of him with his family he's a family man and you know every once in a while he flies out to vegas and does a fight for espn well during the pandemic he was announcing from his house andre wanted to be the exact opposite of his father he didn't want to bring in the addiction he didn't want to bring in any outside forces that would not only derail his boxing career, 
but derail his family. What I saw from this documentary was a man that shared similar traits to me in that, you know, a lot of times people make excuses for drug addiction. Oh, well, my father was an addict. That's why I was an addict. I never used that as an excuse. I saw my father struggle with his demons and put us through hell many a time because of his addictions to alcohol, then cocaine, and then heroin, and then he would flip back and forth between the three devices, between the between the three uh, substances, between the three vices. I meant to say not devices, a device for destruction. I promised myself that I would never put my family through that. I would never subject anybody that I love to the horrors of addiction because I agree that it's hereditary. My son became an addict because his mother is an addict and his grandfather is an addict. But look, my father was an addict. My son's mother became an addict, so I left her right away because I wasn't going to go through the same hell. And I wasn't going to subject my son to the same hell that I was subjected to through my father from time to time. Now, my father loved me. My father loved all his kids, and he did his best to battle those demons. Just like Andre's father, Frank, did his best to battle his demons. But, got to give Frank Ward credit where credit is due. When he saw that he was unable to raise his child, his children, his sons, he sought out the hunters and he was able to get his life together. Unfortunately, he had done so much damage to himself that it still caused him an uh, an early death, just like my father. So when I see Andre, when I first heard about Andre's story several years ago about his battle to overcome the demons that his parents had, and I gained a lot of respect for Andre because Andre is a better father and husband because of what he saw his parents go through. As I try to be a better man, and not do the same type of mistakes my father made. Now, we all make mistakes, but still, you can learn from your parents' mistakes by not duplicating and replicating those mistakes. And that, Now, Andre did admit that in 2002 when his father died. Andre at the time was 18 years old, 17, 18 years old, and out of depression, out of anger, he began dealing drugs. He began using drugs. And then he talked about how he almost got arrested and he had a bunch of crack rocks that he put in his mouth and he swallowed it. And he ran to his mother's house and his mother gave him x and he shitted out all those rocks. He did it right away because had he not, had those rocks exploded inside his heart, he would have died the same way his father died. And he said right then and there, that was a wake-up call. And from that point on, he began to be closer to the Lord and to take his boxing career much more seriously. Two years later, he won the gold medal. 
the 2004 Olympics, the last gold medalist that's a man, a male, the last male gold medalist in boxing. And then his pro career. And the documentary goes step by step through the most significant fights of his career. Basically, the historical overview that I did at the beginning of the podcast is a great companion to the documentary because everything I mentioned, they mentioned in the pot in, in, in the documentary. It was beautifully done, man. I'm I mean the commentators other than Kellerman and Smith were unbelievable. Um you had legendary Oakland athletes like Damon Lillard and um uh, my brother that used to play for the Seattle uh, Marshawn Lynch you have former Oakland Raider running back Napoleon Kaufman who after he retired from football became a minister and became a confidant and an advisor to Andre from that point on Andre sought solace in Napoleon's church and Napoleon has helped Andre and Andre's wife become ordained ministers Andre is a great father to his five kids they talked about how when Andre was 16 and his girlfriend was 15 his wife now Tiffany she got pregnant and Andre stood by her side Andre never left her Andre and Tiffany have been together now for almost 25 years five kids happily married Tiffany and Andre are a beautiful couple, a beautiful couple, a beautiful, loving couple. And you saw from the footage of them at the house, of them riding horses, of them hanging out with the children, hanging out with the hunters as they boarded a plane to go to Canastota last June when he was inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame. And they showed footage of his, his phenomenal induction speech. Andre Ward is not only one of the five greatest fighters of the 21st century, he is, in my opinion, the greatest man outside the ring that, uh, that, that is a boxer in the 21st century, the way he li- lives his life. And the entire documentary showed how he overcame adversity and he continued to overcame adversary, adversity throughout his career as shown in the, show, in, in the documentary, as shown in the article that I read that I wrote earlier in the podcast, in my historical overview of Andre Ward. The Super 6 tournament in which the odds were stacked against him and he won and he beat everybody to become the winner and 168-pound super middleweight champion of the world. How he had to overcome a two-year layoff because he wanted out of a contract that was ripping him off monetarily with Goose and Tudor. Then it showed the adversity of the first fight with Kovalev, which I brought up during the rebroadcast, the play-by-play I did of the Kovalev War II fight, in which he was knocked down in the second round. He was way behind on the scorecard going into the seventh round, and he swept the second half of the fight to win a very close one-point decision on all three scorecards. He overcame the adversity of having two parents, addicted to drugs, of losing a father when Andre was only 18, his father was 46, but always loving his mother and helping his mother stay clean from drugs for several years. 
despite his mother's mistakes, his mother's flaws, Andre loves his mother like a boy and a man will always love their mother. Michael Jordan was phenomenal in this documentary as he talked about the greatness of Andre Ward. And when you're a great athlete like a Michael Jordan, you can recognize someone else's greatness. And he recognized Andre Ward's greatness. And it was brought up in the documentary that Michael Jordan was going to offer him a five-year deal to continue fighting. And Andre walked away from that. HBO and Jordan. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Things come full circle. If Andre Ward would have accepted that contract, HBO might still be in boxing. Shortly after Andre Ward retired, HBO got out the boxing game. Can't be a coincidence. Cannot be a coincidence. Also brought up in the documentary, and the highlight of the documentary, in my opinion, was the sit-down between Roy Jones Jr. and Andre Ward. This was phenomenal. Phenomenal stuff. And Andre Ward brought up something that really, 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 really irked me. All right. The media out here talk, they glowingly talk about Triple G and his career. Triple G never beat anybody. And Triple G talked about he'll fight anybody from 160 to 175. And I remember when Roy and Andre were talking about how Andre sent an email to. Triple G say, look, I'll fight you. We'll, we'll split the purses 50-50. And less than a half hour, Triple G responded, no, I'm not going to fight you. And HBO didn't force it. Instead, HBO was like, well, why don't you go to 175 and fight Sergey Kovalev? Forget about Triple G. Andre Ward would have mopped the floor with Triple G. And Triple G probably knew this. That's why he didn't fight Andre Ward. So don't give me this garbage about Triple G being the boogeyman of the middleweight, all-time great middleweight. He beat a bunch of bums. He beat a bunch of cab drivers. Roy and Andre sat down and they talked about the Kovalev fights and how Andre made the adjustments the second half of the first fight and the second fight and how Roy was amazing. Roy was the color commentator. Roy, the greatest color commentator in the history of boxing. And, and Roy... If you watch, you go back to the link I gave you and listen to the original broadcast with Lampley, Kellerman, and Roy. Roy shined that night. Talk about what he thought was going to happen, and it happened. Roy and Andre were fun. And then you could see some regret in Roy because when Roy talked about how Andre retired at the right time, you could see in Roy's eyes how he regretted continually fighting until the age of 47, 48, and his rumors he wants to fight again. No, Royce. Sit down. Go get a... Somebody give this man a commentating job. You got the best commentator in history sport, not employed by any of these clown um networks. Anyway, I digress. Michael Jordan was phenomenal in his commentary. Marshawn Lynch was phenomenal. Dame Lillard was phenomenal. Napoleon Kaufman shows... That he is a true man of God and that he loves Andre and Andre's family. Andre's wife, Tiffany, was tremendous throughout this documentary. And she talked about the hardships of being a teenage mother and how Andre stood by her side and she stood by his side. They've stood together, lock, stock, and in arms for almost 25 years. 
a true partnership. And she talked glowingly about how as soon as he retired, he started doing things she was doing as a parent, taking the kids to school and the whole nine. SOG, the Book of Ward, is a love story, the love story between Andre and Tiffany. It's a redemption story. Andre's father getting his life together, and unfortunately, he had done so much damage that he still died of a heart attack. It's an American story, a story about how, despite odds being stacked against you, you can overcome those odds if you have the heart and desire to be the best that you can be. Andre Ward is undefeated, retired undefeated as a fighter, and he is still undefeated as a father and husband, and he is undefeated in life. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not seen SOG, The Book of Ward, I highly recommend you go see it, and you will have a greater love and appreciation for the man that is Andre S.O.G. Ward. Ladies and gentlemen, I will be back next week with the regular podcast. This was a special podcast devoted entirely to the career of Andre Ward. I hope you learned something. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you enjoyed my review of the documentary, my rebroadcast of his win over Kovalev the second time, and of course, my historical overview of Andre Ward. Any comments, you can hit me on Twitter, RobertSilver5768. Until next week, everybody out there continue to be blessed and be a blessing. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.